Hi, this is Kev Lakes Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. In my continuing quest to show how international the blues is, we go across the pond over to America and we are joined by J.P. Williams. J.P., are you well? I am very well, Kev. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your show. I appreciate it a great deal. And I thank you for accepting the invitation as well. You're a busy chap at the moment, in, at this moment in time, because you're promoting a new album, aren't you? Yes, the CD is going quite well. The album uh, uh, JP and Ecat uh, featuring Ecat Pereira is uh, doing quite well out on the uh, charts and uh, on the radio uh, all across the U.S. and uh, across the pond, as we say here. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk about that more as the uh, interview progresses but let's find out a bit more about you as a musician what first got you into music uh what uh, i always uh, uh had um, somebody who in my life who was um uh musically inclined um my brother was an actor and um around a lot of creative people and um i uh, got interested in listening to music and um uh, had a cousin who played guitar, and uh, it kept on going from there until I became a full-time obsession. <laughs> a lot of people that I've spoken to over the years, it was seeing somebody on TV, whether it be Elvis or the Beatles or something, and they think, oh, I want to do that. Was was there something like that with you? Well, actually, um, yeah, I would think so. Um, and it comes out of a different uh, genre, uh with me uh, to start with um my uh my cousin judy uh, who i lived with um after my uh, father passed away uh, her boyfriend uh, brought over a stack of bob dylan albums um he had every single one and uh, he left them there and i just started listening to them and i became uh, very interested in the songwriting and the lyrics um a few years later after i learned to play guitar i um uh, met a gentleman from Brooklyn uh, uh, who was a musician uh, there who had played with various uh, uh, people and bands and uh, kind of uh, took me out uh, to a blues show one night. We went to see um, Spider John Kerner and um, John Hammond Jr. After that, I was sold on the blues. I just uh, It just turned me around. So that's what influenced me. And he, of course, uh, took me to see Muddy Waters and uh, I saw a lot of those people, so I was very lucky in that respect. So, Young, but lucky. So this was after you'd been doing the blues and folk in the college coffee houses and nightclubs? It was about the same time. Um, you know, I was in college when I first met uh, uh, Antoine uh, Magliano, the gentleman, and, uh, you know, I used to travel to, to New York. I was born in New York and raised there, but I was living in Pennsylvania, and I... I would make trips back, uh, back and forth. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, while I was doing the, the coffee thing, then I decided to go to New York to play music full time there. Was that a conscious decision to advance your career or was there just not many opportunities in Pennsylvania? Well, I think, you know, when you play locally, um, there are limitations, uh, on, uh, on what you wanted, what you wanted to do. Um, you know, and, uh, I see so so many um, you know and, and many fine local musicians. I, I have many friends you know who are, who local musicians are too great. I just felt that New York offered more um, 
advantages to me, and it was a great experience. I mean, I I did uh, you know uh, quite a bit in New York and um, uh, had a lot of contacts and things like that, and learned a lot about music. So it was uh, was my kind of my musical education, uh, let's put it that way. Uh, well, but it's a tough business, you know. I mean, the big cities, New York, L.A., I mean, uh, many are called, few are chosen uh, to, you know, achieve uh, large success. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it was a learning experience and uh, one that, you know, I think uh, helps me in everything I do today. It's part of what I do. And in the notes I've got, it says that you played at many famous nightclubs in New York with many aspiring singer-songwriters. Do you still keep in touch with those mm-hmm. people? Um, n- not really. Uh, I've kind of lost contact with a lot of those people, and um, I, none of them were uh, people that uh, made it uh, what you would like call big. I mean, I think they were very talented. Uh, a few of them, uh, you know, uh, were on uh, different um, people's albums and things like that. Um, I mean, I played at uh, the uh, coffee houses, Folk City, the Bitter End, you know, the Bottom Line, all those places. Um, you know, uh, we would get jobs uh, or at least uh, open mics, you know. I mean, jobs in New York uh, are pretty hard to come by. I heard a thing on studio musicians. I, I knew a couple studio musicians uh, from New York. The one guy was uh, about uh, 100 on the uh, guitar list of New York studio musicians, and he barely got any work because the top 25 guys were the ones who were always hired, you know, mm. to do uh, to do studio work. So, I mean, it, when you take a city like New York or an industry like, you know, uh, the music business and all the records that are being made, and you've got only the top 25 people doing most of the session work. You have to understand how competitive it is, you know. A similar story down in like, Nashville or places like that, isn't it? Yeah, well, Nashville was a was something for me that I didn't consider, uh, you know, at, at the time. Uh, you know, it was it was a, a lot more country based, and you know, I really wasn't what I was doing. I didn't feel that that, that city was going to, you know, do anything for me. Mm. In retrospect, I look at I look at L.A. I mean, I, I think that would have been a, a good possibility for me, but it didn't happen. So, you know, yeah. life took over. Um, you've been described as part storyteller, part troubadour. Do you think that's a, a fair description? I do. I, I think I, I think that description has fit me um, pretty well. Uh, that's been put on me uh, by a bunch of reviewers that have reviewed the my work, uh, my last few albums, and uh, I really feel that songwriting right now is, is a very important part of what I do. I love performing. Um, you know, I love playing with other musicians. Um, I think it uh, is, uh, you know, very, very important to me. But uh, right now, the songwriting, and especially during this COVID times, where we've had to be more uh, uh, introspective uh, of what we do uh, internally, um, because we're not going out and playing on a regular basis or any kind of basis, really, uh, for the past year, so 15 months. But, you know, I, I've concentrated uh, on the songwriting, and in this case, the production of this uh, latest album. But uh, I do like, uh, I do think that with music um, that I create, I, I feel it has to have some kind of message. And, um, you know, it has to tell, it has to be personal. And I try to bring forth uh, something of myself in every song that I can. I mean, sometimes... They're just experiences, uh, people that I've known, uh, events that have happened. 
but other times, uh, you know, I try to um, uh, give uh, a part of myself in the music. Well, you were saying that you went to New York to develop your style, your personality, your stagecraft. Was it uh, stagecraft or songwriting that you, you developed most in that time there? Um, I, I wrote songs while I was in New York um, uh, because, like I said, I was around songwriters and, and, and learned, I think, learned the, the craft of how it was constructed from different, uh, from different uh, people that I worked with. Although when I was there, I mostly did accompaniment. Um, it wasn't actually until the last uh, few years that I really concentrated. I've really concentrated on bringing my ideas to uh, fruition and uh, putting them on uh, digital. Well, I was going to say on 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 tape, but we don't use tape anymore. So. <laughs> right. So you have embraced modern technology because there are some musicians who insist on using the old analog equipment. Well, I, I used a lot of analog equipment in my day. As we sit here, I'm staring at a reel-to-reel. You know, four track um, that I still have here um, that I can refer back to. But yeah, I'm definitely uh, somebody who embraced uh, technology. Um, the uh, the CD that we're talking about, JP and ECAT, uh, we have uh, about 12 or 14 musicians on there with me. And about half of it was recorded uh, last year, um, just before the pandemic started. And uh, we had all the, the basic tracks, or most of them, laid down. Um, in studios, okay, at uh, Luphonic Studio and also um, studio of um, Mike Weber, who has a studio out near me. And uh, we had most of the tracks laid down. But um, to finish it, nobody could, I mean, everybody was under the uh, COVID. So uh, Lou uh, Pereira did uh, all the um, tracks. Uh, We did them all remotely and sent them in. And uh, it's quite an experience to, to do it that way. I know other artists have done it that way in the past for different reasons. Uh, we were forced to do it because of the COVID. But uh, I'm very, very pleased with the way it turned out. And have you been doing any live streaming during the, the pandemic? I understand that will be hard with the band, but maybe you've been doing sort of a scaled-down acoustic style no, everything here and uh, uh, that uh, that we had planned had been canceled. I think that's your question, correct? Um, you know what is it, what's going on? Um, I'm not. Uh, we had a bunch of uh, uh, things that we were to play at last year. A couple blues things, festivals, uh, and they just all got canceled. I mean, every everybody's uh, you know on hold. I mean, I think some of them are trying to um, schedule now. We shall see how that works out. I think a lot depends on the restrictions. I assume it's the same where you are. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think it's hard. It's very hard for a, a festival promoter um, or anybody using a larger venue or a larger get-together right now where you have to you know, make money to guarantee that you're going to get more than 50 or 60% of the crowd there. You know, um, That's going to be very, very difficult. I don't want to see these people lose money. Um, and, you know, not be able to produce these things in the future. So um, I, I think we have to be careful at this time. Coming back to the album, ECAT, how did you guys meet? Uh, we, uh, I was playing a, a job. I, I had met her husband, Lou, and um, uh, I was told she was a singer, so she came up and sang with uh, our band, and um, she was fabulous. And then uh, I, uh, you know... Uh, knew that I wanted some backup vocals for my Stolen Cadillac EP. We have an EP out that we put out in 2017 um, that uh, we uh, 
had um, that actually that band that we that she first recorded with us. We did an EP. Also, we did a live one. It features uh, Vito Luisi from the Johnny Winters band was the drummer on the um, CD. It's called Smoking Hot. And um, Lou did some of the production work. He did the production work on that uh, for us because he was a live recording. And uh, then after that, I asked her to uh, sing on backup vocals on Stolen Cadillac and another song on that EP, uh, which gradually went into the Everblue CD, which I did in 2018, um, which had pretty good chart success. We were on the, uh, we hit number one with a song called uh, uh, Cigar Box Boogie on the uh, singles charts on the Roots Music Report, uh, top blues songs. And um, it was a natural thing for us to go out and do jobs and, and go around. She's gone uh, on tour. She's uh, been on tour with uh, some different groups. Uh, 1224 is a Christmas orchestra band. She does all kinds of styles of music, jazz, folk rock, uh, as well as blues. And uh, it was natural for us to, I, I had some songs to, that I had written that and just weren't good for my vocals. I mean, I just needed to expand a little bit and uh, see what I could do with the melody and the structure of the song. We just worked together on them. And I think uh, from what people are saying that uh, they like what uh, came out of JP and ECAT, the album. I'm a big Paul Rogers fan. And you're saying that uh, ECAT has performed with numerous people over the years. She actually opened for Bad Company a few years ago. So I'm immensely jealous. Yeah, she's uh, she's got she's got a few creds under her, her uh, belt there. And uh, it's no wonder uh, she's a dynamic performer. Uh, every time, uh, you know, she performs with our band, she does a great job. And um, uh, she's uh, very professional. And um, she's, uh, she plays uh, piano and ukulele also. She has a lot to the music, and uh, I, I love what she does in her vocal styling. So, uh, like I said, I'm really pleased with the way the, the CD came out. I think um, considering how uh, the pandemic affected us, uh, you know, it, uh, it definitely uh, affected it. I'm not saying it affected it negatively, but it definitely uh, caused us to uh, change some of the things we did and, and do things a little differently. But I invite everybody to come listen to it, you know, and uh, check in with it. And you mentioned Cigar Box Boogie there. You do have your own four-string cigar box, don't you? Yeah, I, I got interested in Cigar Box because I'm always interested in expanding what I do, okay? Um, I'm always looking for... Um, or ways to, uh, uh, you know, capture something new. I mean, um, if you look at uh, the music that, that that's out there today, I mean, we're we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, classical blues, contemporary blues, uh, rock blues, and uh, I think I think I fall into the contemporary blues. I, I I don't like to be limited by any particular styles or things like that that I have to adhere to. I, I don't want the CD to uh, or the albums to sound like one song after another with different lyrics. You mentioned how when ECAP first joined, uh, there were different musicians at the time. You do have a revolving set of musicians within the band, don't you? Well, I did. I, I have always had that um, uh, for the past five years. And the reason is... Uh, with uh, my particular situation and, uh, well, actually the way the music business works today. So many of them play in other bands and, um, you know, we have ample time to come together and uh, 
do shows and things like that and uh, do recording. So I think that happens quite a bit nowadays, probably more than it used to in uh, in years past. But uh, yeah, I try to get uh, a bunch of pe- bunch of people. I mean, uh, some of them uh, seem to be with me. The last three albums, people like Eric Brody, um, who plays keyboards, uh, piano, and organ, an excellent, incredible player. Um, Jack Roberts on drums, uh, Gregory Joseph on uh, bass. Uh, I have a sax player from New Orleans who used to live locally here, but he lives in New Orleans named Andy Bauer. Some, I mean, people just come and, and I, I, I'm very, very lucky in attracting people. I mean, I have like uh, a guy by the name of Ferp Edmonds. Uh, he toured with uh, Noel Redding for a while. You know, uh, these people just seem to come around. Uh, B. Christopher um, from the uh, B. Christopher band. Uh, he's uh, contributed to the record. Um, there's just uh, you know a lot of people uh, that have been out there uh, for many years. Uh, just they just jump on there, and, and I'm very happy about that. You know, but when these people do come on board, it also adds a, a certain freshness to proceedings. I would imagine. Well, yeah. Um, one thing I do is um, uh, I try to um, give them a structure to to work in, but I don't um, I don't uh, tell them what to play unless I'm specifically asked. That way, I'm not telling them these are the notes I want you to play. This is the and if it doesn't come out, then you know, or if they're not, if somebody doesn't do it or or, or doesn't it doesn't fit the music, I know what I want and I know what I hear in my head, so I can at that point, you know, uh, decide what I want to use of the music, and that's the interesting part about creating music out of a studio. You know, it uh, it lends itself to uh, all kinds of stuff uh, that you know you can add or subtract later. You were saying earlier that uh, half of this latest CD was already recorded before the pandemic hit. So in the meantime, while you've been constructing the other half, are you looking to the next CD? Were the songs that weren't used on the last one that are ready for the next CD? Oh, I am. Uh, You know, there's no doubt about it. Like I said, most of the CD was was already tracked. Um, The one notable exception is uh, The Mighty Dangerous Boogie. I worked with... uh, uh, Tommy uh, Perone on that, who did harp, and Tommy was able to record remotely, which some of the musicians that I previously recorded with weren't able to record remotely. But Tommy's the harp player on that; does a fabulous job. And uh, you know, we uh, we've been kicking around uh, a bunch of other stuff remotely too. Although we're able to get together sometimes with some of the musicians, I've been able to finish up some stuff on this CD uh, live uh, at the end there when uh, the pandemic wasn't so bad. But to answer your question, yeah, I've got most of the uh, I've got most of the songs for the next CD. Thank you for asking. Um, it's a, I'm working on it uh, as diligently as I can, um, and um, very excited about it. I think we've got some good material coming up for the next CD, so I'm real happy about that. So, will that be coming out later this year or early next year? Well. Some of the tracks are are pretty far along, uh, but with this type of uh, with with everything that's going on, I really don't want to set any dates yet. Um, there's a there's a kind of cutoff that comes towards the end of the year. I I know uh, most musicians would know about this. I mean, if the if if you get past um, September, the end of September, things get uh, pushed into Christmas time, and then next year. Uh, which is what happened with this last CD. We were just about ready to go uh, for a 2020 release, but we ended up releasing it in February of 2020. 
uh, just to get everything tied together. And then the promotion takes a while. So I can't answer that question, but I can only tell you that I'm, I'm working diligently on it. I think it's going to be a great CD and uh, a lot of good blues on it. So I'm, I'm real happy about that. You briefly mentioned Christmas there. You have done a couple of Christmas tunes. Would you do another one? Um, yeah, I'm going to. Uh, we'd like to do that. I eventually, uh, it, that's kind of an odd thing that happened, and it involves around the whole songwriting uh, thing that I do. I, I, I have a theory when people ask me, and I say, I really don't know what's going to come out of, of things sometimes when I start. I get a melody or a, a thought or a, a lyric or a story or or something that uh, I like, and then I start writing. And if you would have asked me uh, two or three years ago to write a Christmas song, I would have told you you were probably pretty crazy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what happened was um, we just started to put the, I just, uh, this Christmas song came to me that we did. Uh, and um, I, I went, took it to ECAP because I figured, you know, she, she tours with a Christmas uh, ensemble. And I thought to myself, uh, you know, that would be a that would be a great thing to do. So we took it there and uh, we recorded a Christmas song, and um, it worked out really well. Um, so um, I did another one the next year, and um, it's uh, it's been good. So um, I I it's kind of hard to put it in, uh, in the uh, context of you know the other songs I do, but um, it's been good. It could become a tradition, and in a few years' time, you compile it into a Christmas album. Who knows? Well, yeah, I, I, I think that we've got we've got a couple songs that we want to do uh, that I want to do that uh, I've written. I just haven't got them to um, had time to do them, finish them yet. But I think at least an EP uh, would be nice, um, and uh, you know, possibly a Christmas album. I had, interestingly enough, I, I noticed. Uh, because you know as a musician you watch the charts and uh all the things and i noticed that on the billboard uh christmas songs that most of the people have long gone but their albums are left after them so if uh if people like your christmas music i think it uh it builds a, a possibility of staying around for a long yeah. time <laughs> on that happy note <laughs> i'll i'll Bid you farewell. Thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. I wish you all the best for the future, and uh, hopefully we will get to see you perform maybe in this country. And I look forward to the next CD as well, and maybe we can do this again sometime. Well, that would be great, and uh, you'll be on my list to be notified as soon as we get it. And uh, we appreciate being on the cat. We appreciate being on your on your on your show and your station. So thank you very much, Kev. Thank you, sir. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there. And there will be more as we record more for the show. And we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So plenty more to come. And of course, if you want to hear the whole show, there is always Listen Again. I'll see you next time. Take care.